0: What's up, everybody? This is Sharath. I'm your host for uh, Community Decoded podcast, powered by Thredo. How are you all doing today? Today, I'm actually excited to chat with uh, the fractional chief of staff. Uh, I don't know what it is. Let's let's actually uncover that, unpack that in this podcast. It's uh, none other than Shreeman. Uh, Shreeman, uh, good to see you, man. How are you doing today?
1: Doing good. Thank you for having me on, Sharath. Big fan of your podcast uh, and past guests that you have uh, that you've had on.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Thank you so much. That thanks for the kind words. So let me give a brief intro for folks who who doesn't know Shrey. Uh, Shrey is the fractional chief of staff for for incredible creators like Lenny Rachitsky and Shreyas Doshi. He actively manages the their communities, uh, do a bunch of initiatives, and like you know handles right from growth to retention to like everything in terms of community shay previously used to work for upwork and linkedin before and he also built a startup for uh, event organizers which you know which i want to cover as well i think uh, he you had like uh, incredible customers like AngelList for it and you also raised like 250k plus from investors so uh, we can cover all that but right off the bat uh, i'm very curious to know your journey from going from like a product person to startup operator to this founder persona to like community builder right now and you know slash chief of staff what 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 was the what was the whole transition like you know and when did you at what stages did you figure out like okay i have to do this i have to like you know work for companies like upwork and then linkedin and then you know build my own thing and whatnot
1: yeah for sure, there was quite a few transitions now that you actually like pointed that out very <laughs> surely. I think even the product route was very interesting. Um, I studied in the u k um, mm-hmm. and at the universities that i uh, that I went to, like, Tech broadly, pr- not even product. What like it wasn't even on like the uh, the roadmap of like I guess careers that people would go into. I was the only one from my extended friend circle that right. went into tech, um, mm-hmm. and I joined LinkedIn in like a corporate strategy and analytics role. Like right. like I mentioned in uni, like it was finance. You know, was be a banker, be a corporate lawyer, or go, like go work for Bain. You
0: know, those like <laughs> the three careers. Right. Um, I can I can feel you I man ch- there. I can I can feel you yeah. coming from, <laughs> from 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 uh not not stereotyping or anything but if you come from yeah. Asia those are all the options you have either you can be a doctor <laughs> engineer or yeah. a lawyer.
1: Yeah, pretty preset paths. There's nothing wrong with that like right. you know yeah. I'm sure they lead to rewarding careers. Some of my closest friends are in those careers. But I tried during like college like some of those um mm-hmm. you know during like summer internships and stuff and You know, they were good, but I just felt like there had to be more to life. So LinkedIn was the only full-time job that I saw, and thankfully I got it. And I think I only applied not really knowing what you did in tech apart from coding. Uh, I honestly went because I was working part time for a company called Deliveroo, which is like DoorDash or Uber Eats like in the U.S., you know, mm, so mm. food delivery in a nutshell. Right. And the LinkedIn office was a five minute walk away. Um, <laughs> right. So I was like, OK, cool, free free pizza, you know, like to, right. to go to the event at the right. very least. Um, and I joined LinkedIn my first day. I had no idea that product management was even a career. Like I didn't mm-hmm. know it was like a function that existed, you know. Okay. So it was only like a year into LinkedIn where I was like, oh, cool. There's this whole like product engine user research is a thing, you know, right, like right. designers are like a proper thing, you know? Right. So that was my transition to product after realizing this world, getting exposure to it, moving out to SF with LinkedIn right. and then formally pushing for it. Right. The desire to move into Upwork was just, purely to work at a smaller company from LinkedIn, but because of visa reasons, I couldn't move to like say, you know, a startup of like five people um, Mm -hmm, basically. mm -hmm. So Upwork was freshly public when I joined. Mm -hmm. Um, I left Upwork um, during the middle of the pandemic and I left because essentially I had a lot of free time that I couldn't use socially. So -hmm. for the last few months before I left, um, I was just like messing around, you know, uh Mm -hmm. with small ideas um and there was one in the freelance space i was really interested in Mm -hmm. um i was working on it by myself then a good friend and then slowly we grew to a team of five right i just felt so energized i i don't know if you felt this way about shout out but it just came to a point you know where i was working evenings and weekends and just my face and my energy levels were different when i was working on that versus my full-time job so i decided to take the plunge um Mm. thinking like hey after paying off student debts a few months before Let's follow where this energy goes because you owe mm-hmm. no one money anymore, mm-hmm. and you know you just this is a rare kind of energy that you feel for something, mm. even if it leads to nothing.
0: Mm.
1: Spoiler alert: it led to nothing. <laughs> but right. Um, right. six right. months yeah. down the line, <laughs> I met my co-founder. Um, to your point around the event management startup that I was doing, uh, and met her through on deck co-founder matching. Mm. Um, Around that time, I also just started working for Lenny. Uh, I was pretty active on his community and Mm -hmm. his old community lead, uh, I think, was transitioning off. And he just, I think, noticed my contributions Mm. Uh, and then we set up a chat and, you know, I joined. We capped it initially to around five hours a week just because my main focus was on the startup. You know, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to work with Lenny because... Honestly, who doesn't, you know, yeah, and I thought this course. would be a great person <laughs> yeah. just to bounce ideas off, you, you know, right. one of the top product minds as I'm building right. like a startup, you know, mm-hmm. um, I left that startup uh, a year in uh, and a year after the rest of the team uh, is continuing and they're doing well, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm really happy about. And her, my co-founder and her husband are just very close people to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I can go into like why, but I think the question was in transitioning. Untransition, right. sorry. Right, so, right. you know, probably like that last transition from startup into just where I am now, kind of fractional chief of staffs for two people that I really respect and love mm-hmm. working with. Um, you know, I left, that's my startup, um, moved to Mexico for just, you know, I was like, okay, I just need a change. I, I don't think I was in a good place. I think, mm-hmm. as you probably know, with shout out, yeah, they're never easy course. to leave, like businesses yeah. that you kind of put so much into, you Absolutely. know, it's... Like I don't have kids, mm-hmm. uh. Dude, I just grew like a specific attachment, you know, mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. that, which mm-hmm. is just very weird. Yeah. Um, no, like, it's not weird. Let, let, let me actually
0: yeah. chime in here because I think you you covered some in, some very good points you raised. I think I just want to back you up. Yeah, for sure. The, the first thing is the energy. Oh my god, it's off the charts. When I was actually working on shoutout, I used to work at a corporate job, which I which I used to hate. Like you know every day and man that I used to look forward to 5 p.m. I used mm-hmm. to look forward mm-hmm. to 5 a.m like when I'm going to wake up and I'm going to like you know get on this even though there was like nothing it was just a simple idea I'm so at that time like very much pumped and I can really feel you and I, I could to like you like you actually have to follow that lead and that signal within yourself. So that you can explore like where it goes and whatnot, right? And point number two is, it it's very hard because you know it, you're you're actually building something from nowhere, and you 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 kind of get attached to the idea, the whole thing, and you when you see some <clears throat> some some steps that you're taking forward, it's even like gets harder. Like so, I can totally empathize what what you meant about. Leaving it, and i I've also felt the same I was like you know even though it was like a good outcome at the end for me to like you know close it out it was I still feel like it's still my thing, and if the the act who whoever acquired like you know if she he's making some changes, I'm like, why <laughs> that's like the immediate thing yeah. that pops up, so totally I think you're <laughs> I'm empathizing with you all I wanna say is that you know what you felt is absolutely uh important and necessary so go ahead i didn't mean to stop you there but
1: no no not at all i i love podcasts that are conversational so please if i'm rambling at any point like i probably was before (laughs) dude go for it um i was yeah just saying the last transition was when i left my startup i wasn't probably in a I definitely wasn't in a good place and mm. I just didn't know what I wanted to do next. This was like September October 2022. Mm. Um but I pinged Lenny who was really helpful even just chatting through the process of to stay or, or to leave. Um mm. you know, he's been very helpful in that way um, mm. for myself. And you know, I just pinged him being like, "Hey, this whole the reason why we always capped it at 5 hours a week was because I was like running a startup." That's mm-hmm. I'm no longer involved with that startup, mm-hmm. and he had a bunch of ideas of what more you know we could do. I had a bunch of ideas what more we could do. There's so much potential with Lenny Slack, which mm-hmm. is you know paid con- the paid community of the Substack. Because Substack's mm-hmm. like 400k plus strong, so it's the paid folks there, and there's some yeah. incredible people there. So there was just so much more, um, and at the same time, I also like. Just financially wasn't in a good position in the sense of just, you know, leaving an SF based job to work on your startup, your your equity very heavy, which, you know, is very illiquid, as you know, Um, and the cash was significantly lower. You know, it was like more than 80, 90 percent like pay cut, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just wanted to get back on track to whatever I was going to save because, you know, I was freshly out of debt, uh, Mm -hmm. student debt, Mm -hmm. uh, and then just decided to quit. Um, so I was just hesitant or conscious of the fact that I might have to take a job, like almost right away, like an actual full-time mm. job. Mm. Um, and I wasn't thrilled by that prospect, to be honest with you. So mm. I also just asked Lenny, you know, like, Hey, if you know other people, other friends, uh, who are just looking for freelance help, I'd never been like a full-time freelancer before, but mm. you know, let me know. Mm-hmm. he introduced me to a friend of his called treas treas oh. Oshie, i'm sure for yeah. many of your listeners <laughs> he probably needs no introduction right um and yeah i worked with Shreyas on his course it's a careers course that he does on maven maven.com mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's a p it's a career course for ambitious pms you know mm. and he, did, he started this as like you know an idea to test out and right. you know we've Done like four or five cohorts of this mm. um, at this point with just some incredible product people. Mm. Um, and it always has like great reviews. Like I said, we've Absolutely. used a shout-out board in the past um, yeah. to, to collect those reviews. So you know you can see it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, with both Lenny and Shreyas, it just I guess like evolved into, you know, Lenny was just the Slack community with Shreas, it was just a course. And mm. as we've worked together uh, with Shreas, I'm coming up to six months with him. I think the role has just increased to take Mm. on more stuff beyond the course and chief of staff is just one of those things that it's pretty vague or ambitious like (laughs) you probably asked 100 chief of staffs to probably get like quite a few different responses to like what they do so it just seemed pretty fitting (laughs) you know like i i don't really need a job title you know like as long as i work with people that i highly respect people mm-hmm. who i think are inherently kind mm-hmm. and people that i can just be myself with right like the way that i'm sure. talking with you if i can right. talk with them because i've been right. in environments where i've been buttoned up i've refrained you know from saying right. what's really on my mind right um so yeah that's just kind of how it grew I, the only last thing I'd say is before I focused on, you know, like just working with these two people, I, at one point had as many as like four or five different projects or freelance stuff I was working on, mm-hmm. um, from September, well, October to January and kind of just realized like, this is too much, <laughs> I think you need to focus, <laughs> right? you know, and I want to grow. And I think. Lenny Absolutely. and Traeus just seemed like in terms of the responsibilities and just who they were, mm-hmm. just people that I guess I wanted to, to do that with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was also chief of staff briefly for uh, Ben Tossel or like a fractional chief of staff for Ben Costle, who's the founder mm. of MakerPad. Right, and he yeah. writes on Ben's Bites, um, right. which was also like a fantastic experience. Oh. And again, just someone who is someone that I really respect. So oh, it's been a journey through right. those transitions i'll pause here because i'm sure you've got a bunch of questions
0: yeah no, no no i think uh thanks for appreciate you for being so transparent and honest you know in 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 replying to that question and uh like you said it's really important to uh to like really niche down the focus where you want to be at like you know you don't have to like have 100 projects and half-ass like 100 of them and you have to like really focus on that so good for you and yeah ben's a great guy i i love both of the people you're working with lenny i'm a big fan uh fortunately he was one of the first paying customers for shout out and i had like a awesome. um, good good conversation with him many times and sure yes the guy's like a legend he's like a product genius he always like you know drops these product nuggets like on twitter and threads and whatnot so well the the, the follow up question i have is why community like you, know, you can do like a, you can do like ton of things you're a product guy you've built startups yeah you've built a startup before you've kind of like you can transition into a pm fractional pm or a fractional product person you can like you know uh, why community w- what's there that that caught your attention that's that's what i want to get into next
1: yeah, I think community is an interesting word. I think from like a job standpoint or even a startup space standpoint, it's like probably one of those buzzwords that came out like uh mm-hmm. maybe two, three years ago, you know? It's i still buzzing, didn't... by the way. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm not surprised. Right. Uh, I didn't know what it meant to be a community manager when Lenny mm-hmm. first reached out. I knew that there were other awesome people on this Slack and experienced that firsthand. Mm-hmm. Um And I knew that there were other just interesting people there, you know? So I, I, that's, and I was very explicit about that with Lenny. And I think, I think what attracted me to it is less the word, just more what I've like historically always been interested in and maybe a bit of my background. Um, Mm -hmm. I've always been interested in like connecting people with one another for some VC or founder friends that I know. um, I've always like sent them talent flow, people looking for jobs to right. talent that I can vouch for with founders that I can vouch for or founders I can v- vouch for with VCs that I can vouch for, you know, that mm-hmm. they're like inherently just good people. So I've always known that like, you know, through emails mm. that, I've, that I've done this and I'll just think of people, you know, I'll be like, oh, you know, like good talking. I was catching up with a friend yesterday. Her brother is a construction manager. and I was like, mm. I know a founder who's building a freelance marketplace for construction management people, mm. uh, Kevin. Uh, you know, so it it was just kind of like my mind's always been wired like that, and I think I think back to college, I also just tried to do things like events that got people together. W- you know, with Lenny's meetups, we have at least twenty over uh, at twenty in a month um, now, and I hosted the first two. You know, like mm. in SF and in New York, like a, a year and a half ago. So there's always just been some just genuine there's just like a natural tendency to uh, to do this to like kind of bring people together right I think a lot of that is maybe in part to how I grew up Um, Mm. I'm originally from Nepal from Kathmandu Nepal I I never grew up there we always moved around as a family Mm -hmm. every three to five years up until I was 18 and it was just in very different places you know I grew up in Bangkok Sydney and Delhi for maybe the first half of my childhood and then the second half was Vienna in in Europe uh, before moving to like the UK you know Mm. and then that was before I like moved to SF so I've always like been someone who's just moved to very different places right it's not like moving Mm. within the same country to another city or just like moving houses to a different neighborhood it's like Sydney to India (laughs) India to Austria you know like
0: big transition (laughs)
1: I've always had to be the one that like put effort into like making friends, making new connections, Mm. you know, just because it's the way that my family grew up. Like, you know, so I think just being used to that and just trying to put yourself out there in a way um, has just like maybe helped me when I think of like trying to bring people together
0: that's so interesting i think uh you're basically what you're saying is you have to look within the roots right like you have to go back to like your childhood days if you want to become a community builder intentionally again not uh because someone else is doing it if you genuinely want to care about other people bringing them together <clears throat> and i i can also sense that for me it's it's kind of like a similar yeah. story i grew i grew up with a with a large family. My dad, they're like eight eight people, eight siblings. You know, wow. my, my mom's side, they're yeah. like, they're four, but their family is like 50 people. Every time we meet for a festival, that's like a tradition in India, right? Like you gather for festivals together to just yeah. like, you know, just like Thanksgiving. I used to be around easily like 50 to 60 people, like easily. Yeah. yeah. For a given set of time. And... Wow. Even though I, I call myself as an introvert, but I kind of like have a sense that why they're coming together. And there is that strong board that that I think it's still there in the back of my mind. And I, I started like you, like, just like I'm a product person. i worked as a product manager and I love building products, uh, as you know, but there is this magnetic, you know, pull that, that for people like us who has like this childhood backgrounds right like that we naturally tend to like attract to like okay let me actually talk to like a bunch of folks can can we bring them together can we do something for them and find value or have fun with it right like i think that's how i feel people should build communities instead of the other way which is hey i need revenue okay let's people are buzzing communities the word let's actually do it right. Some people might get success there, but I think it's not like a, like a strong intention I would say, but that, thanks for sharing that story. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Why you're you've, you have here because of, you know, the way you grew up, I think it, it must be very, very like, you know, fun moving all the countries and, you know, meeting new people, learning new languages and whatnot. So, uh, you said yeah, you, if, if, oh, sorry, yeah go ahead. Good. 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 Before I jump into the next I was
1: going to say um, yeah, I think there's like obvious significant pros with growing up like that. Mm-hmm. I think there's less obvious but also pretty significant cons of growing up like that, you know. Um, right. so that, that that that's all I was going to say.
0: What well, what well, well, what are the cons? What 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 do you think about the cons?
1: I think one is just like You know, I've never lived anywhere longer than six years. And I don't mean the same house. I mean, like the same country, you know? Mm. Um, So it's just like my girlfriend actually mentioned this. Well, her, I think father told her that it was just like, you know, he's lived like pretty interesting life. But at the same time, it must be weird or at times sad not to have like a proper home home for a place not Mm. to feel like home. You know, right. and I think so much of that resonates like when I go back to Nepal to see family, I can see that my dad and mom hang out with their friends that they know since they oh, were like I see. three. I see. Do you know what I mean? I don't really have that, you know, because oh, right. it's just hard. Like Australia is a far place to keep going back to, you know, to like right. build right. those relationships, you know, and I left, right. for example, Australia when I was seven. I left Bangkok when I was four, you know. Hmm. So it's, you know, I, I think just that, but I'm very grateful to have just seen like Good parts of the world or and just get to know uh different cultures because you know it's different when you live there for several years versus just visiting right. you know so I'm, I'm very grateful for it i wouldn't change it but i think there's some less obvious cons uh that i think are pretty significant to also like the more obvious pros
0: yeah no, i think you, you raise a good point there uh and i feel like that's why internet is so powerful right like you get to You don't have to physically be there, but I do appreciate, of course, you know, the human touch, being with people, meeting them on a regular basis, and of course, like, you know, hanging out with them for dinners or lunch, whatever it is. But I think that's the beauty of uh, the pivot we saw after COVID, which is you don't have to necessarily be in one spot to make a good relationship, for example, right, to make friends or... To make life-lasting life friends, like like with, with uh, who play really hard, really long in life. I personally am sitting in Atlanta, but I've never met you. But I all I already sense that you kind of like a, are a good friend already, right? Like we just met mm-hmm. today. By the way, <laughs> we we chat. Yeah. So I think the there's maybe probably the solution for people who feel that way is you know is is to try to be more online i think that's why the online communities are very powerful and that's the, the that's the topic i want to unpack when you yeah. <clears throat> when you work for shreyas and lenny right these folks they attract uh people from different parts of the world they're they never met each other with you know i think you can empathize with them how did you figure out uh ways to like stick to them stick them together in in a longer lengthier way what, what was like your uh thought process like you know when you when you had that i don't i wouldn't necessarily say as a problem but it's kind of like a thing right like the you have to figure out them as a community to be with mm-hmm. each other and help each other communicate each other and whatnot and on yeah. a consistent basis like what, what was it like your? Know? Your thought process. Yeah.
1: Just to clarify, just for me to understand, it's more like the community as in like how I'm able to, I guess, connect other people within, say, Lenny's or Shreyas's together. Right. Yeah. um, I can start off with Lenny's just because I've been working with Lenny's uh, much longer. Mm -hmm. Um, Shreya's is pretty new, and it's actually only, uh, as of right now, only for students or alum who have taken his course on Maven. So Shreyas is like a closed community right now for students right. uh, from this Maven course. And Lenny, you know, as you know, is more of an open community. The only, the only admittance is through, you know, Substack and you right. have to pay for it. Um, so with Lenny's, um, I remember when I joined, I think, September 2021, um, my sole job at the time was just to monitor the Slack. It was just getting too much mm. for Lenny to manage by himself. Um, right. so for, I think four months, maybe three months, I just did that. I stuck to what was asked. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that means. And I do, I do this still today. I I'm pretty sure as does Lenny, I read every single message on mm. every public channel on Lenny Slack. I know you're on the, on your, I know you're on his Slack, wow. so, you know, it's like 13,000 plus, you know, that we probably have over 50 channels and it's a pretty popping Slack from right. just also feedback that I've heard from. And I think that's just very interesting um, because for three, four months, I did nothing but listen and like Mm. read, you know, on the public channels. But I think what that does is you start to spot recurring patterns or trends, the types Mm. of questions that people face um, or are are asking, the types of problems that people are feeling. Um, And as a result, that just leads to a lot of the initiatives that have been born since. You know, like I said, this was. September, October, September, 2021. Um, and, you know, everyone remembers COVID. Um, and I just remember seeing this constant desire for people to want to connect in real life, just cause COVID obviously took off in real life kind of mm-hmm. interactions. And that led to me doing the first meetup in New York in Jan 2022, you know, mm. had no idea people would show up. You know, another one was mentoring, which we spun up for the first cohort in uh feb 2022 people were asking questions like how do i find a mentor basically like some variation of this you know like Mm. um so it's more just by listening to and being able to spot trends and i think that's possible because i just read every single message multiple times a day i just like check in just to see i was gonna uh,
0: tell you that's a yeah. lot, my God! You, <laughs> what are you? Do you even sleep? <laughs> That's a lot of messages, like to read. That's I. I I'm part of Lenny's community, and oh my God, I can't. I can't keep up with some of the channels because they're like too much, too much yeah. stuff, too much, you know, questions. But yeah, uh, go ahead. I I do have like a point to make, but go ahead.
1: No, no, um, okay. I, I was just gonna say. Um, you know, so it's really just driven by by that, you know? And mm. any kind of initiative I try to like spin, how, how it kind of works internally is that I spot things and I think of initiatives that I would also be motivated to, to run. And I almost mm. like pitch it to Lenny, you know, to be like, hey, do you think this is, this will be good for the community? Mm. And I always start off with like the first section is like kind of like a background, like kind of like basically, why the heck am I even pitching this? You know, why mm. is this worth your time? Uh, why should we consider this? Why should we consider investing in this? And it's always screenshots of the Slack. It's screenshots mm. of people asking something, it's screenshots of someone's reaction to something, right. you know. And that just makes it just really clear, you know. Like I remember when we launched Masterminds, it was very clear we needed to do that at the time because I had just spotted different people asking for some variation of Masterminds you know um like group kind of peer to peer yeah
0: yeah i was i'm just curious how do you uh make people to ask such questions what what is something that you did you know are they proactively like coming forward like hey i need a i need a mentor i need like this you know accountability partner for masterminds uh Mm -hmm. What did, what did something that you seeded you know because it should it should come from somewhere right it, yeah at least in my opinion it won't fall from the heaven like overnight there should For be sure. some behavior right like one x person like there are 10 people asking questions that makes 11th and 12th people like okay these people are asking let me ask too right they, they follow the patterns like you know just you are you're picking up signals so what what is something that you want to share uh, that might help community builders? Even I'm curious because I wanna I wanna learn from you as well. Yeah. Uh, how to activate, like you know, them.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really interesting question. It kind of like kind of goes into more like a bit of like some problems that I'm sure some consumer social apps kind of think about like around right. engagement. So I think there's two parts. The first part is like actually me not taking any credit for this um, when I joined. Uh, Lenny's team at September 2021, I think we had around 5,000 people uh, Mm. at at the time, if not a bit more, and the Slack was already pretty active, you know, it meant that like people were posting Mm -hmm. questions and replying to questions and sharing resources before I even joined. And a lot of Mm -hmm. that is just because of Lenny's awesome content that like, you know, united people together to to be active on the Slack. So a lot of it Mm -hmm. was basically... You know, hey, this was already big enough, it already reached a minimum critical mass that people were, were doing this. Um, I think there's like some tactical stuff that we've done that I've like helped with, right? Um, and touched together with Lenny. I think the first is when you talk about activation, um, the period when someone joins your community is just like very, very important, like,
0: mm. people
1: are busy. It's not likely not the only Slack that they've joined. They probably have Discord. Mm-hmm. They might have Telegram. This is what you're competing with, you know? Right. Right. So of we're course. very particular about our onboarding process. And our onboarding, as you know, is run yeah. by Threado, you know? Mm-hmm. And we ha- revamped our onboarding process a while ago using Threado to move away from like a one-message kind of Greek bot to... Kind of this Mm. like five, six message sequence over someone's first 30 days. Mm. And I think the first message actually uh, encourages people. It's like the only action you try to do is to post an intro on the intros channel. And we do this because I really want people to push past that like friction of Mm -hmm. like posting a message, of hitting send. You know, it's like the most yeah it's almost like a very very small form of like building or shipping in public which i know you and kp are very big about it's just like putting that first message out there saying that you exist and getting over that hump because it's scary you know it Mm -hmm. can be scary i was definitely really scared of it and always looked up to you and kp with how brilliant both of you were with that you know Mm -hmm. so that's like the one key action you know and we touch upon that quite a few times so Mm -hmm. i think that's one um i think We strictly regulate the Slack, actually. Like, we want people to be respectful Mm -hmm. um, and kind. Um, Mm -hmm. One of my big fears is, like, when we have passed, you know, the size of 10K, it's, like, you know, what happens if we have someone who acts, you know, like, rude or something like that? Thankfully, Mm -hmm. that hasn't happened maybe, like, once in the year and a half, you know, but I'm very, like, careful about that and making sure it's, like, a somewhat kind of, like, safe space for people to ask sure. questions, to say stuff without being judged. Yeah. Um, it's also very relevant to spam and marketing stuff. Um, so anytime anyone posts something that's a bit spammy or marketing, they hear about it from someone from the team to remove it. We only have mm. one channel where people can pass post self promotional stuff. Right. Why this is important is because it helps control a certain like, signal to noise ratio. Any kind of Slack or Discord that gets too spammy starts to get a reputation, like a mental image that it's too spammy. So I don't want to go back there. Mm. We really try hard to make sure we're not one of those communities. And I think we do a good job of it that we're not thought of in that way. Mm -hmm. I think that if someone has a question, anything product related, I want Lenny Slack. And I think for some people it already is to be the Mm. place to ask. You know, Mm. I think of it as like a, in some ways, like a verticalized Reddit, but for Mm. product people. You know, Mm. we don't pay anyone to answer questions on the Mm. Slack. We don't Mm. pay anyone to post questions in Slack. People do this to like get advice. And I think it's some of the small tactical stuff getting over that first message post, you know, being very strict on like being kind to people, being very strict on like promotional stuff. So we keep a high signal to noise ratio. You know, Mm. even if you post the same message on more than one channel, you will hear from someone, Mm. you know, because we oh, just yeah. want someone to post the one message, Only the one me. time. Because right. if you check out like five Slacks and all you see is the five mess, like the five same messages or even questions again, that's just like okay, like you know, I'm literally <clears> seeing <throat> the same content. It's exactly. spam in a way, like a you know, way. Yeah, of course, just so. for sure. Really, we just want to minimize that because we want it to be intentional. We want to compete for people's time and make sure it's valuable for them. So right. yeah, there's. Yeah, um, good part of it was already done by Lenny. Small tactical stuff, you, uh, and one of it using Thredo has has helped, I think.
0: Oh, that's that's awesome, and yeah, thanks for that shout out. Uh, have you have you used like social proof in your onboarding, meaning to attract people to like say, or to encourage? Not attract is a wrong word. I think encourage people to like post more questions. For example, did you say ever say, hey, we we've gathered people around the world who are part of Google, like these big brands and big names who are product managers from, so that's, they're legit, they're credible. You can rely on them, do post a question or like, you know, something like that. Is that something that, uh, like an encouragement you did? Like, I'm just curious to understand. Mm-hmm. I know it can be like a snowball effect at some point, but before the snowball effect, what what happened really? Like, you know, even when was Lenny was doing it,
1: yeah, so it's an interesting point and in question um, that I would definitely consider. But the answer is no, we don't. Um, I think part of it is that I haven't ex- like explored it or considered it too much. I think the other part of it that came straight to mind is, you know, the ratio of people in a community who work for like a Google or a Stripe or an OpenAI or like insert you know like buzzy company. Is a tiny percentage of like the actual people in our slack like yes we have very talented people we have mm-hmm. founders investors but you know it's i think it can also create an effect basically uh for people who don't work at those companies want mm. to reply right mm. but don't feel like they have those credentials um, right. you know if that makes sense so it can also inhibit people from posting i want right. it to be a place where anyone can post if they feel like they can be helpful to that. Mm person Mm. essentially Mm. you know and that's why i think brand names are a bit less to your point around what started it um i think it's going even earlier up that funnel of like how do you get to any slack and that's essentially his content right Right. he didn't open the slack the same time he started writing over three years ago he opened the slack that's definitely been more of a new thing you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so we just had tons of Lenny's awesome content that kind of just spread almost virally. If you look at his like subscription growth, right? Mm -hmm. He sometimes posts charts on Twitter Mm -hmm. and that's the credibility, you know, that's the brand, you know, Mm -hmm. that's like, I think people trust Lenny because they know how he writes, they know his voice through his podcast. Right. Right. And that really, I think is a, is where most of our credibility comes from. We have some great kind of guests and companies through the podcast, through the newsletter, we have workshops as well, um, you know, like on that. That come and speak to our community. We just had Shreyas actually two days ago do like a yeah, live yeah. AMA, which, yeah. which I think was great. We yeah. have Elena Verna, I think, coming on next week. So mm-hmm. there's different ways to do credibility, um, I think, and I think we've just been deliberate with that. Um, so yeah,
0: that's awesome. And uh, now that you're talking about more uh, specific about initiatives like AMAs or they're the big hit. I saw ryan doing an ama ryan hoover yeah. On, yeah on 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 the talk ama channel and all of his answers are like gold so even if it's for people like who join later they're like you know pretty valuable what are some initiatives that you're 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 successfully done for lenny's and we can talk about shreyas but just like curiosity if you want to share some lessons and uh yeah the things that you learned doing these
1: for sure. I think one that I'm very proud of just because I physically did it and thought through it was um, meetups. Um, I hosted the first one, like I mentioned, I think earlier that in Jan 2022, right. I was visiting New York and I saw a few people. We have a meet-NYC dash like channel.
0: Mm-hmm. And I just saw
1: a few people just really being like, yo, let's meet up and like all this stuff, but always being bogged down because New York's obviously not a small place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to spin up a Luma. Let's do this. Um, I regretted it simply because <laughs> uh, that day uh, in Williamsburg and in, in Brooklyn was so cold. Like I'm not used to the cold. I don't know how cold it gets in Atlanta, uh, in not, Celsius. Not too much. Right. Yeah, Celsius for me. I think it was minus fifteen Celsius. Wow. I don't know what that is. Maybe like ten Fahrenheit. I I I don't know. Don't, don't take my word for that. <laughs> and I remember walking to this meetup in you know like to to the venue, and I was just like, no one's oh. gonna show up. You know, if I wasn't hosting it, I wouldn't have showed up. Like the only reason <laughs> I was there was because I was like hosting it. I posted it about it, and I was like, okay, like you just have to go through with this, right? Um. And I had like 20 people pop up, you know, like to the point where we wow. had to ask for more and more space. And I think people had a great time. I actually had to leave, I think, sometime around 8.30, 9 p.m. Because I, had to, I was staying at a friend's place and I just had to go. And people stayed beyond me, you know. And then next month I went to SF and I did one in SF. And it was a very similar thing. And I kept posting about it, sharing it on the Slack. I think something happened because what it creates is like a bit of a FOMO effect. You know, Mm. if you're in Atlanta or in Boston Mm -hmm. or in LA, I started having people ping me, ping Lenny, being like, how do I get involved? You know, like, how do Mm -hmm. I do this and meet other people? And that kind of led to us, you know, decentralizing this in a way that we could have volunteer hosts from anywhere do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to essentially... Pick a date and a time and you have to pick a venue that's like friendly for a meetup. The mm-hmm. date and time bit's very important because I, what I found, which is pretty funny in a way, is like people can't seem to agree on a time. So I've always, <laughs> my advice has always been like, don't rule by democracy. If you're a meetup mm-hmm. host, rule like a monarchy. Like, you pick the <laughs> date, you pick the time. Simply because... You know, you're taking time out of your day to host this. You're taking time to think about it and to call up venues to reserve a spot. So you get that choice. You know, that's always been my piece of like feedback to people. Just let people know at least 10 days, ideally two weeks in advance. It's the only Mm -hmm. thing that Mm -hmm. I would say. Um, If you do that, we'll take care of distribution through like the newsletter, through the Slack. You don't have to do any marketing because Mm. we will basically as close to guarantee people will show up um Mm. to the few places where people don't we let the hosts being know that like hey there's probably not enough people for this meetup to go through Mm. um and i'm proud of it just because i hosted the first two ones after more and more people started getting involved we started having sponsor interest so Mm. the meetups have been sponsored by companies like coda aws notion you know like and what that allows us to do we don't like do it as a money spinning initiative for sure, us. Sure. We use that sponsorship money to pay for food and for drinks for people. Yeah, of course. So yeah, for venue. Uh, and,
0: yeah.
1: Exactly. You know, so it's just cool to see this at least 20 a month now. I, I barely host any. Mm. You know, now it's completely decentralized. We have it on literally all continents, South Africa, nice. Gold Coast in Australia, Taipei in Taiwan, you know, obviously nice. wow. all over the US. You know, wow. in Argentina was one of our more recent ones in Buenos Aires, right? It's it's wild, man. Like right. I, I don't know. Like no. I, this was beyond my wildest dreams, you know. And same right. with Lenny's.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I can, I can, I can sense that because I think that's how, uh, Product Hunt started their meetups. This was, I think, back in two thousand uh, ten. I guess. Uh, I think yeah. they just they just started one meetup in SF, and it went wild. It, it attracted so many people. They had to like you know keep lines outside so it's it it was bonkers and then they saw that i think it's i'm just curious that uh why meetups like why didn't you start given everybody's online right why did you do like an in-person event versus like hey let's let's do a zoom gathering or whatever it is like you know what what made you go from especially on a cold night
1: (laughs) yeah i mean to be very honest, uh, we've done Zoom meetups in the past, none that since I've been there, but I remember the old community lead, Colleen, and Lenny telling me they've done it. And it's always just been not as good as the feedback I'm getting from in real life meetups. I think mm-hmm. you have to engineer social interaction and serendipity. And I mm-hmm. think it's always just like a bit harder on Zoom. You know, mm-hmm. like no matter what people say, no matter what cool tooling or apps will come up with, hmm. there's a reason why, you know, like there's just something about in-person interactions, right? Mm. That just are better in, in my mm. opinion, you know? Mm. Mm. Um, so I think for me, it was just that like, I am always open to doing it. And we obviously have Zoom events, like speaker series with Treyas, with, with Gibson Biddle and, uh, and then uh, next week. But I think just me doing the meetups was like, I wanted to meet more people in New York. You know, Mm. I didn't know people in New York and I wanted to do it. And I think that's why a lot of people do them. You know, Mm. Um, I think some people who we don't have to put into context, I've had no one ping me, DM me, being like, I want to host a virtual meetup on Lenny's Slack of over 13,000 people. Mm. I've had no one volunteer to do it, but I've had people from literally all continents of Mm. the world ping me to being like, can I host this in Cape Town? Can I host Mm. this in Santiago? You know, and I'm just like, if you can pick a date and time and you can pick a nice venue where people can have a good time, you know, like it can just be a bar or cafe, like, you know, nothing special. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. You know, so there's my preference. And then there's also just like community, you know, like that self interest from the community that just hasn't, hasn't expressed that interest basically.
0: And what was the process like, you know, Uh, just if you want to get into details and specifics, uh. And for listeners who wants to do certain meetups like you know some some community builders they just want to initiate we're also thinking at threado uh, to do a similar version of lenny's which is lenny gathers product managers together you know in all the product folks we're thinking like there are community builders right now given where we are at it's basically pretty much you know, everybody's you know building a community now so would be cool to like do a Lenny version for committee managers. Uh, mm-hmm. Just do a, like you know in person meetup. But what's like the process? Like where do you go from if you want to suggest for someone to go from zero to one and one to n? How do you do that in terms of hosting think, and coming up with yeah. the plan and agenda and everything? I think
1: first of all, it's just like thinking through two pretty core sides. Right, one is the host. And one is the um, attendee. For us, the host is important because Lenny or I don't host meetups often. I'll mm-hmm. do it if I'm in New York or in SF or you know, like I'm just traveling some places. Um, but for the most part, we don't. And we don't pay hosts. So we, you know, it's all volunteer run. It's a community mm-hmm. effort. And I think that's what also makes it special, to be completely honest mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the host side, everyone's busy. You just want to make it as frictionless as possible for them, right? Mm. So we just need two pieces of information. Well, really one piece of information, which is to get going time and date of mm-hmm. this. And obviously what city you're you're doing this, right? right. Um, Rhea, who's our meetup lead, will spin up a Luma page
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, while the host kind of figures out like a nice cafe or garden or bar or brewery, whatever that is. We're actually not too involved there. We have guidance, but, you know, mm-hmm. Luma page is set up, um, and I think you know the one thing that we can really help people is distribution. You don't mm. have to know a lot of people. You could come to New York tomorrow, and I'm mm. guaranteed we'll get at least twenty people to a meet up in two weeks. We take care of distribution. You know, mm. um, so really, to the host, it's like choose a date and a time, mm. you know, and then figure yeah. out the venue. But that's the only thing. That's the only piece of information we need from you and the right. city. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um. And then on the guest side, you just want to make sure that people know about it, right? And that hopefully people have a good time. So how do people know about it? Newsletter and the Slack, you know, Mm -hmm. have a good time. We have a kind of like a one, two pager for attendees and for hosts um, Mm -hmm. to check out, you know, and we also put it on a Slack. If this is your first time, you know, Mm. um, like coming to this meetup, say, hey, you know, uh, and I think that's just really helped because it's like, you know, kind of like trying to welcome in people who are going for the first time to like a meetup kind of helps that, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, that that's how I kind of like look at that. I think the reason why meetups work for us is we're able to offer um, a few things. One is we take care of distributions for the host and we mm-hmm. provide everyone, including the hosts, a small budget to buy food and drinks, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So if you can have like, you know, a beer or a non-alcoholic beverage at a meetup, it attracts right. people. It just right. does. I, right. I always say if, you know, like, you could... The subscription to Lenny's newsletter pays for itself. All you have to do, like, at a baseline is, like, go to one meetup a month and yeah. have, like, say, two beers, you know? Right. And it basically <laughs> pays for itself. That's, the, like, literally the only thing right. you have to do. Maybe you have, like, a chicken wing if, if, if you know, like, if, if it's offering food, right? right. But it literally pays for itself, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of, you just really have to think of, like, value prop and how do you, like, reduce the friction. Mm. And then on the process side, you, you know, there's things we do just for people to express interest very quickly. Ria follows up, you know, we distribute it on the newsletter and on Slack, and we're very structured that way of, like, just reminders and, you know, luma has been great. And then on the reimbursement side, we try to make it as frictionless as possible with a form too, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just I don't know, like, the core question is how do you how do you make this as less time-consuming with, like, the least amount of clicks right. for people? Because, you know, I, w- I started <clears throat> operationalize a lot of this because, like I said, I did the first one, mm. you know, just a year and a half ago, coming close to it. And, okay, one meetup is great, you know, that's totally fine with, like, no process. Mm. And then I did another one. And then it just snowballed. And then we had sponsor interest, too. And then it was... I think the most meetups we've had is 40 in one month, you know? Um, And when you're handling payments and sponsorships and attendee questions, and, you know, there's, there's so much, right. Right. That you just have to set up like a good process. I'm happy to go into any in particular um, or, you know, double click. So just, just let me know.
0: No, I think that's, that's a great piece of information, right. You know, I, I love the way you kind of systemized the whole going from an idea to, like, you know, distribution to, like, everything, like, really, like, hosting and whatnot. So, a curious question there. What what advice would you give for folks who doesn't have distribution, like like Lenny's, you know? It doesn't have that, that ammo. Yeah.
1: I think one is just to think through a value prop, right? If it's not distribution, if it's not a budget, then, like, what can you right. help with, you know? Right. And you need to... I would baseline people are busy just like that's a key yeah. assumption like people right. need to take especially if it's a physical meetup right mm-hmm. like it's there's more friction because people have to travel and that friction is greater in places like New York or LA mm-hmm. so you just need to have like a clear value prop in say Thredo's case you know it could be the spot to meet other community managers you don't mm-hmm. need community managers from Google or OpenAI yeah. it's just like right. this is where you can meet three four other community managers right I think that's one I think two is like, don't be afraid to start small. Um, Mm -hmm. I stayed in Mexico City for around six months um, and recently came back. Mm -hmm. I'm not, Mexico City didn't have like a consistent meetup uh, via Lenny's, at least under Lenny's umbrella. So the first meetup that I did in Mexico City had like maybe five other people. One of them was the guy I was living with, you know. (laughs) Uh, Another person was actually someone from Rite of Passage that I messaged when when I was like taking the thing, you know. Um, (laughs) So it's basically friends of
0: yours.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then like, you know, they're like the other like three, four people were, you know, people who were like, I guess I didn't know. But don't be afraid to like Mm. start small. Um, And then the next meetup I did two weeks after that, you know, started off five, six. The next one had 20. You know, mm-hmm. why? Because I tweeted about it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and like they told their friends. And mm-hmm. another thing that I did for the second time was that I actually followed a few people who live in Mexico City mm-hmm. and I DM them. Mm-hmm. I looked up people through the On Deck directory who lives mm-hmm. in Mexico City. If you're part mm-hmm. of like some Slack communities, mm-hmm. like some, some quite a few of them have like an intros channel. Right, so you just right, search yeah. for Mexico City, you mm-hmm. know. Right. and you're just like yeah. hey i'm just getting a few people together super to chill, and it to, grows
0: yeah it's to do things that don't scale way right you just have exactly to grunt, yeah you just have to go through the directory number of people like dm them request them yeah. like you know and just ask 100%. them to, like, come come for like five minutes or so show up but yeah i I, yeah. I really uh that's a very very natural way of doing things right like you know it's, it's basically coming from yourself. You just want to meet a fellow product manager or a product person, and then number two is what you said is really important. Don't don't be afraid to start really small. If if even three people show up, who are your friends? That's fine. You know, you just made something yeah. out of it, right? It's like how you build totally. a product. Tactical tactics. Page. Exactly. Uh, do you suggest meetups as a as a good initiative for? for community builders like you know what if you if you do why if you do not why
1: i think it just depends on the community i think what i'd say is you probably need to hit a certain level of scale Mm -hmm. um to even think about meetups you know like if you have five yeah what's the number people what's the number it depends because it's also very like geo related right if like all 10 people on your Slack or Discord or whatever you're using is like in the same city, you know? Oh. Um, that number will be far, you know, fewer than, say, Lenny's or with Ben and like Ben's Bytes. We just had readers from everywhere. So, what mm. would we actually do to um, like actually gauge interest was we'd first create local channels, you know? So, on mm. Ben's Bytes Discord, on Lenny's, we'd have like a meet dash NYC, meet dash London, you Brilliant. know? And that would be a great proxy to understand: um, Does this, you know, specific geo area have enough people to, mm. you know, host like a decent sized like meetup, basically? Um, right. So that's you know, if because we have access to all the registrants, right? How many people register? If any meetup has less than five people. I actually encourage people, I message people, Ria messages people to be like, hey, this place is, you know, this your meetup has less than five registrants. Mm. Uh, we'd highly recommend postponing it, you know? Mm. Just because, and the flip side of this is just because, like, how is this even possible? It's possible because a host, a volunteer host is taking time out right. to physically go somewhere and host things. That was, mm-hmm. like, a hard lesson to learn, mm. um, simply because there was... One time, which is why we implemented this in the first place, uh, it was Julie in Miami. Mm. Our Julie is a community member in Miami. She hosted a meetup, ran into space. No one showed up, or I think maybe one other person showed up. You know, mm. for her, it's just not a great experience. You know, she True. took the time, so that's really. why I always say, like, be careful in terms of size. I didn't give you a number, but I think that's uh, like probably because it just really depends on the community and how concentrated it, it is. Got it, got it. Um, so I'll pause there. I know we're almost at time.
0: No, no, uh, no that's fine. Uh, do you have a little bit more time to stretch, like 10, 10 15 minutes? Is that fine?
1: I, I can't, unfortunately. I do have to run.
0: Oh, no worries. Then let's actually ask, there is a one question from our committee member, Bailey Hope from Bambo. Uh, she's asking, like, what is your retention tactics? Like, you know, how are you... Getting new committee members to stick around long term and what are the key engagement tactics, you know, and ways you basically improve retention?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, It differs and it differs because Lenny's Slack is, you know, 13,000 plus. Some Mm -hmm. people, we have mentoring, you know, and I saw an uptick in retention when we launched mentoring. Same with masterminds. With mm-hmm. the book club, which we have too, where you know folks get together. Mm-hmm. Um, when we did the AMA that you mentioned with Ryan Hoover, I saw people post on the Slack that I've never seen before. You know, <laughs> so when you get to a certain size, um, mm. you just need to understand that like it's very hard to like really personalize any initiative. So what right. you kind of need to do is like think through the different personas in your community, right? Mm um and what they care about there's some early career folks who want guidance you know there are some folks who want to hear from you know like awesome people like ryan who come on Mm. you know Mm. there's some people who just want to get together in other groups so Mm. it really just you know you really just need to understand who are your personas right Right. and kind of think about it from that umbrella when you reach a certain size you know like we're spinning up some stuff potentially this year in the next few months for founders you know Mm. um and that's with a very like founder specific like mindset what would these kind of people care about you can only do this by understanding them and you get to understand them by reading what they post and by engaging with them
0: right yeah that's a great answer yeah for sure i think persona level uh segregation and then doing things for specific people really helps uh, to bring them back <clears throat> i do have a last question which i this is my personal question so you've you've dealt with a lot of communities like Lenny, Reyes and Benz, you know. And I think you also kind of helped Julia Lipton as well, if I'm not wrong.
1: Uh yes, that's correct.
0: Yeah. So where do you see volume plays a role? Like, do you recommend people to like focus on volume versus I'm okay, like you know, gathering like a good set of people and we're we're fine? Like what are your observations in the in in the in the whole scaling process,
1: yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, I think if you're starting from scratch, I wouldn't go for volume; I'd go for intent. And again, mm. I kind of make analogies to like consumer social apps with like how they started, um, with right. how some of them started. Just go for people who are just really committed to um, engaging, right? Whether it's a problem that they have or like a shared interest that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, with, for example, giving a clear you know use case with the Lenny's community in Mexico City, I realized that a lot of people actually weren't checking the Slack channel that we had for Mexico City. So what I did was actually just speed up, uh, set sorry, spin up a WhatsApp group because I noticed that people just right. use WhatsApp in Mexico City versus say some places in the US, you know? Right, right, uh, right. So it's just like, you need to make it easy. You need to meet people where they already are, where they already live. Uh, I get questions occasionally why we're still on Slack versus somewhere mm-hmm. else. And it's just because product people already have it installed on sure. desktop and mobile, you know, right. and with the Mexico right. city analogy, it was, you know, moving away from Slack in a way onto the the WhatsApp and it's like mm. 20, 25, maybe max 30 people. But I started off with like five, you mm. know? Um, so that's what I'd say. Yeah. I love that. starting small and growing from there.
0: Right. Yeah. And picking up signals as, as you go and adapting, like, you know, whatever people are really into, you have to adapt to that. So, this is, this is a cliche question I have to ask. Like, any tips for community builders who are listening?
1: I think, apart from, <laughs> I think apart from the ones that I have shared, um, I think if you don't firsthand know the problems and interests of who are, who are in your community, right? Who is mm-hmm. in your community, uh, you should learn. Lenny's and Shreya's felt very natural for me because I was a product manager. Like mm-hmm. I don't look at reading every public channel as work. I'm a product manager, so I'm just naturally interested in what people are asking about and replying. I save posts all the time for me to go mm-hmm. back to because it's in mm-hmm. my own interest. I could not be a community manager for like a problem or an interest <clears throat> that I have like zero interest in. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. that would mm-hmm. really feel like work. Mm-hmm. So one is just understand like who is in your community and relate to them uh, as soon as possible. It'll make your job just so much easier. Yeah. Um second is like you just have to know what they care about, which is related to the first but as in more specific to the point of just like observing everything that goes on in the community, yeah. you know? Um listening. This is your biggest this is your biggest, you know, like source of where you can take this. Like you might have ideas and that's great to have an opinion as like a community leader, right? right, right. But chances are like you could be wrong, you know? And Absolutely. I think if you can really capitalize on what people are thinking about and caring about, that'll just naturally help. You don't have to do much selling, you know, with the right. mentoring like The first cohort of it was like wild. We had like over a thousand people sign up, you know, to the point where I had to enlist help first round capital run excellent mentoring program. Julia Mm. uh, used to do that and they helped out with providing us more mentors, you know, (laughs) like this, like, so if you just listen, um, Mm. you know, like it's great. I think sometimes people set up communities, not for the wrong reasons, but with an ulterior motive um, Mm. to sell something. you know, essentially of some shape or form. Totally normal, right? We all need to make money, I have nothing against that. But sometimes I think that's important because sometimes if what people want clashes or doesn't give you as much money at the speed that you want, you can start to see that friction. You know, you can Mm -hmm. start to see that lack of engagement. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I don't know. Those are like kind of two things that that kind of come to mind apart from all the other things uh, I've said.
0: This has been great. Thanks, Shrey. You know, I hope like people who who are listening, they they get like a lot of wisdom from it. But appreciate you again. And thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, Stay tuned for the next episode.